Welcome to Fit for Duty, Fit for Life. My name is Coach JC, and I am your coach. Each week, we bring you an inspiring, winning story, an empowering, motivating, winning word so that you can be your best and win more in life. Thank you for joining us today, and now it's time for you to be fit for duty and fit for life. All right, guys, what's going on? This is Coach JC with the Fit for Duty, Fit for Life podcast. And first of all, I want to welcome you and thank you for tuning in today and listening to the Fit for Duty and Fit for Life, the home of the Fit First Responders. Man, we are honored if you're tuning in today. The chances tell me that you are one of the finest, one of the bravest. Man, we are blessed and privileged right now to be serving over 46 different agencies throughout our nation. Yes, from police, law enforcement, to firefighters, to medic, to National Guard, welcome to today's show. And I'm super excited to get to our guest. But before we go there, if you are a frequent listener, then you know how we kick off every podcast here at Fit First Responders. We believe just like you train your body, you train your mind and emotions. And we choose to do that with our winning confession. You got to say it sometimes. You got to speak it even when you don't believe it and feel it. So today, if it's your first time tuning in, just bear with us. If you're a returner, you know what you got to do. Just repeat after me and own it. Today is my day. No one will get in my way of me being the best version of me. I am here on purpose. I have a purpose. I am strong. I am passionate. I am powerful. I am unstoppable. I am a winner. I am fearless. I choose faith. And last but not least, you are fit for duty. You are fit for life. All right, you know what time it is. And I'm super stoked today because that winning confession, I am here in studio here at the headquarters in Tulsa, Oklahoma, looking in the eyes of one of our prettiest, our finest, our bravest heroes in our nation, the man, the myth, the legend, a police officer, law enforcement officer, Mr. Jason Edwards. What's going on, my man? Man, blessed. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for y'all that tuned in all around the country, all around the world via the internet. We're glad to have you. I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad to have the opportunity to be a part of something greater than myself, which is FFR. Thank you so much for that comments of affirmation to start us out. Makes me feel good, gets the blood pumping. I'm glad to be here, Jay. Come on, man. We, hey, we were having a little fun in studio before we, we turned it up and turned it on today. And if you don't know, man, my man right here, he can freestyle. And I'm not sure today if he's going to spit it and give it to you out there. Uh, I mean, you, you might be listening today and need a little motivation, inspiration from not Eminem, not Vanilla Ice, but the man himself, the myth, the legend, Mr. Jason Edwards. Hey, real quick, what is your freestyle rap name? Do you have one? <laughs> not sure yet, but He's when it comes to me, I'll let you know. But when I put it on cardboard, man, it's going to go styrofoam. I'll get rich. I'll get rich. <laughs> hey, I love this guy, man. And one thing at FFRonline.tv and at headquarters at Fit First Responders, man, we believe that in everything you do in life, man, you should have fun. Everywhere you turn throughout life, throughout the day, man, we see people with so many stresses of life. And the thing that I respect about this guy so much sitting across from me, I've seen him and known him not only as his coach, but as a friend, as a fellow uh, a friend here that we can sit here and, and iron sharpens iron is what the word says. And he's also rocking a tattoo right now on his forearm that says iron sharpens iron. And I know this guy to be strong, to be passionate, to be powerful, but I never heard him freestyle. So you might get it today, ladies and gentlemen. But without further the pressure, ado, the pressure. <laughs> without further ado, man, this is Jason Edwards, man, one of our heroes. So if you're tuning in today, I want to throw it over to him just for a quick minute. And I want to give him the mic to, this is his time, Jason, your time to become relatable and relative. Everybody out there, they know you as a law enforcement officer. That's how I introduce you. You're a police officer. We have first responders now listening from all different agencies, FBI, home, Homeland Security, firefighters, medic, National Guard, and of, co of course, our finest law enforcement. So I would love for you 
to take this time and introduce yourself, to connect. Man, tell everybody who you are. Man, where are you from? How'd you grow up? And, and how'd you arrive to put that uniform on and become who you are today, my man? Wow, that's a big topic. Thank you for the step off there. Thank you for the encouragement. Uh, first of all, I'd like to say thank you for all those that are tuned in for whatever your role is, whatever your capacity is, your rank. We're all a kid from some small town. Whatever the size of your city, wherever you dwell, wherever you began, you all had a trip to get where we're at. Uh, like Jay said, I'm a police officer here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, a great small town. I love being here. Our population is about 400,000. That's similar to where a lot of you folks probably live and work and dwell. You guys at the military, thank you so much for putting that shield of protection over us. You firemen, man, I'm glad you guys are in a hurry to put the, the blue stuff on the red stuff. You firemen that are going out there working hard, the IMSA personnel that save us every day. And for my, my fellow law enforcement folks, no matter what your role is, thank you for keeping that wolf off the doorstep and keeping it all safe. We're going to rebound a little bit, go back to the beginnings. Yeah, I grew up in a small town here in, in northern Oklahoma. It's Hominy, Oklahoma. Our population is about 2,500, so it's pretty small. we got one little blinking stoplight when the power's on, but the power drops when the wind blows. Kind of them kind of deals. <laughs> Humble beginnings. Went to small school, participated in some sports, went to college, got lucky, got some scholarship, got some paper, got to go to school, got to get educated, got to learn to read, write, arithmetic, what everybody does. Wait, 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 wait. Hold up. Everybody? Wait a minute. Nobody? Wait a minute now. You said yes. you got lucky. Man, you, oh. are, you are hearing the voice of a three-sport collegiate athlete. Lucky. NBA, MLB, oh, oh, come on, MLS, oh, come on, you're a three-sport athlete at the collegiate level. How many human beings get the opportunity to play one sport at the collegiate level? Man, I'm facing an, can I get an autograph? Hey, man, I signed the check. <laughs> That's how it works. A three-sport athlete, correct, though? Yes, sir. Yeah, three-sport athlete out of college to law enforcement. So, yeah, Karen, I just want to make sure, I know you're, you're, you're very humble, and I just want to make sure the listeners know we're, we're, we're listening today to a three-sport athlete. And you got to put that in context, too, because when you go from high school to junior college into an NAIA, it's small steps, baby steps, kind of like going from speeding in the car to getting pulled over and getting the ticket. It's one of them kind of deals, man. It was a, a natural progression. But, yeah, I, I was lucky enough to be able to, to be an athlete that was, was good but not great. Because if I'd have been great in something, I may have missed out on opportunity of being good at multiple things. And so that's the way I try to look at my life and look at the way I can have interpersonal relationships is being good at a lot of things and trying to be great. And the only thing I try to be great at is being a dad. And that's aside from the work, that's aside from the rhythm and the rhyme of things that happen in life. You try to do the best you can at one thing. And so that's the one thing I work the hardest at is being a dad. The career path I choose, I am a professional. I try to work hard and do a great job for my community. I try to go out when I'm at the gym. I try to work out and show the face of what I'm doing, not the face of anguish and failure, but the face of, man, I'm challenged. I'm challenging myself, and I'm challenging the guy and gal next to me. they got to be better. they got to be as good as me or better, because if they're not better than me, I don't want to be around them. I want to be challenged. I want to be challenged to the point of being uncomfortable. You know, we talked a little bit briefly earlier about one big multisyllable word that we may talk about in a little while. I'm going to let you bring that up because, man, this is your show. This is your podcast. I feel great being here. I'm thankful. And one of the things that, that I want to recognize is to get to this point was not easy. And so when we bring it back to the, our topic of the day, I think it's going to be able to tie in. Like you said, you want to be relatable. For all the guys and gals out there, we've all been through things. We've all had loss. We've all had gain. We've all had success. We've all had failures. You know, to bring it back to a religious sense, man, look at Ecclesiastes. Y'all know what it is. It's that season. There's always one of them seasons. You want to pick it, you pick it, but you make it your own. Don't dwell in it. Don't stay in it. Move forward. Keep your chin up, your chest out, and keep going. But whatever direction you want this to go, Jay, man, I'm ready. You pose me a question. I got you an answer. No matter what it is, you know, I, I trust you to roll deep. <laughs> well, let's get deep, man. This is Jason Edwards. You could tell if you're tuning in today that he's just ready to get into it. I think he's a preacher at heart here. But at FFRonline.tv, man, you know we have four pillars we focus on, focus, fitness, food, and family. And then at headquarters in Tulsa, it's no different. And I've been blessed and privileged to watch this young man, this gentleman, walk into our facility day in and day out and motivate people and encourage people. And it, I think the thing about life that sometimes we don't realize as civilians, as citizens, we see the finest, the bravest, and they're going through life, and we see them put the badge on, they carry a gun, they're putting out fires, they're, they're, they're doing what they do, and, and so many times we forget that they are human beings first. And our motto at Fit for Duty, or excuse me, Fit First Responders is fit for duty, but also fit for life. And I look at a guy here that's been able to motivate, to inspire, to encourage, to empower a lot of other law enforcement officers through his story. 
And you might be listening today and saying, man, Coach JC, uh, Jason Edwards, I don't know why I tuned in today, man. I just, I just came across this podcast. Or you might be a frequent listener. But today I want to dive into a topic that we all deal with. And it's the topic of adversity. Man, what do you do when you're in life and everything's going great, you're living the American dream, but all of a sudden something hits, life hits, you get punched in the face, you get slapped around physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financial, something, a trial, a tribulation, an obstacle, adversity just knocks you upside down. What do you do at that point where you got to make a decision? Am I going to fold? Am I going to break? Or am I going to fight? So today, our topic's kind of twofold because I'm looking at a fighter right now across from me. But how do you overcome adversity when adversity hits? And Jason, I want to dive right in because listeners are listeners saying, well, what does this guy know about adversity? Your story that you're about to share, man, has brought tears to my eyes. It has motivated. It has encouraged it, encouraged, inspired so many other first responders throughout our city that I know. And I look at you and I look at such a fighter, such a stronger man from what you've been through. And I question how many people could have got through that. Not how many people could have, could have, it could have happened to, but how many people could have got through on the other side. And so many times you take your story and it becomes a testimony to help other people win. So if you don't mind, man, I would, uh, before we talk about how to overcome adversity, would you mind sharing a little part of what you've been through as a human being and as a police officer? Yeah, man, I could definitely uh, come to a point of relating to some things, give some people a heads up about where I'm coming from as a point of adversity. I'm going to rewind the clock a little bit to give you some context to what I'm about to share with you because I know you being a complete stranger to me, I want you to understand that, that I have faced a little bit of things, but I'm no different or better than anyone else. But I've been blessed and graced by God to be able to come out on the positive side of some, of some pretty tough circumstances. I'm going to rewind it back to the summer of 2013. <coughs> Excuse me. My... Uh, beautiful summer day you know we're in july man we're looking here at tulsa it was about mid 90s pretty high humidity my mom's birthday would have been on saturday the 27th of july but this is the 26th of july i get to go have a blessed day with my children my mom and dad we get to meet up for lunch we're celebrating my mom's birthday this upcoming me and the kids we're getting to have hugs on the necks getting to eat some sopapillas after lunch you know cheating on the diet you know what i'm saying <laughs> but we go in we have a great day we say our parting goodbyes i get to hug my mom on the neck give her a kiss i give my dad a kiss my kids love on their grandma and granddad and we get ready to head back home we leave i'm driving away and i'm thinking man what a great day i get to see my mom again tomorrow we get to visit and then this unsettling thing happens normalcy sets in. I get on the drive home. I start thinking about, man, I got to get to work. I got to get my gear ready. Got to do the laundry. Got to get the kids' stuff ready for tomorrow. Got to do all this stuff. So I'm going about the, the meaning of the day. But that's what I want to tell you when something happened. It wasn't just a thing that happened, but it was a time of adversity that I, I really struggled with as a, as a man, as a father, as a police officer that I wasn't ready for. The phone call came about 5.30 that evening, and it was a... Uh, Oklahoma State Trooper trying to locate me. My parents have been involved in a head-on collision in between Cleveland, Oklahoma, and Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's a rural stretch of road. It's a two-lane highway. Um, the skinny of what happened, what there, there was a gentleman that was driving. He went left to center, hit him head-on, and killed him. And they, they were killed instantly in this crash. Well, when I get the phone call, you know, I'm trying to be dad, single dad with twins. I got 11-year-old twins. Give them a shout-out for all you parents, single parents, double parents, <clears throat> co-parenting, whatever it is that you're doing. Man, I'm, I'm thankful for you because that's what the future is, is our children. You got to keep working on that. Come on. Anyway, we'll go back to what I was talking about. I had to figure out what to do. Uh, the way I talk to a lot of people at the gym and a lot of people at life and calls and things I'm doing is we wear a lot of hats. That moment I got the phone call, I was wearing the hat of a dad driving his kids home. I was a chauffeur. I was a chaperone for a day gone well. At the moment I got the call, all those hats came off, and I went back to police mode hat thinking, man, somebody just wiped out my people. So my first instinct, you know, take care of my kids. So what I do is I take the kids to family, say, hey, I've got to go do something I don't really want to talk about right now, I can't do. And so I leave, I head back up there to uh, go to the side of the crash and identify them. They, they did have photo ID on them, they did have the vehicle um, ironically, the vehicle that they, they were killed in was one that I'd given them earlier in the year because they were having some issues with another vehicle, so I, I just gave them this one because I was blessed enough to be able to do that. 
But I go there and, and I see an ambulance crew, EMS. I see firemen. I see troopers. I see local police officers there. And so that's when the tire meets the road. And that's adversity. I knew that most likely they were right. I was in disbelief that that could be the same car. That couldn't be the people that I just loved on just mere hours before. Then the adversity was real. The closer I got, the more clear the image came of what I was looking at. I was looking at the car, mangled wreckage. I was looking at the other vehicle, destroyed. And then when I got closer, I realized that the, the shroud they'd put up was to shield the public from what I was about to see, and I was afraid. But then I realized all those hats were there, you know, and I was blessed because I know that God put his hand over me and he covered me and he put people in the way growing up to teach me, hey, well, you got to do first things first. If A happens, therefore B happens, therefore C happens. So I went around the shroud. I gave it a look. I was still in policeman mode when I turned the corner. I saw the faces of the people attending, the medics, the firemen, the troopers. And then I saw my folks or what was the vessel that was once my folks. Because I'm telling you, they were already gone. They were in heaven looking down and wanting, what am I going to do? What had they prepared me to do? And so at that moment when I, when I had the final knowledge that you know their earthly bodies had been departed, I was able to identify them. Yeah, that's my mom. That's my dad. And that's the amount of wreckage that was caused by somebody making terrible life choices. I fast forward seven months. The guy, that, uh, the guy that killed him was actually a drug runner that was transporting drugs back and forth. He was mulling drugs, and this huge court case ensued. Fast forward a little while longer, after 26 trips to court, hour one-way drive for me from Tulsa to Pawnee, Oklahoma, which is the county seat in which the court case was held. A lot of adversity each, each one of those trips. But adversity, as big as that word may sound, Big adversity is no different than little adversity. It's all in how you look at the adversity because it's opportunities. How you reflect on it, how you address it, how you attack it, how you don't surrender to it. If you surrender to it and you allow it to beat you, then you're done. So each one of those trips I took, there was 26 in total. Each one of them had a different adversity. One day would be emotional adversity and be able to compose myself enough to even utter words or speak out to people. Financial adversity, being able to make sure I had the right amount of money for the kids to go to school, to get gas money, to get lunch money, da-da-da, whatever the things you think of financially. Physically, it starts wearing a toll on you, the adversity of realizing, man, when am I going to get time in for me to work out and do things as a stress reliever, as something to, to buffer myself against the, the physical woes I'm doing? Spiritually, man, are you getting in the Word? Are you praying enough? Are you praying the right kind of prayers? Are you praying for forgiveness not only for yourself, but for this person that you're not feeling good about? And then just adversity in general. The totality of circumstances sometimes, as you law enforcement folks know, is greater than what you could ever anticipate. What might be a critical incident for one guy might just be a Tuesday for another. And that's when I started realizing that I wasn't doing enough for me. Once I finally got done with court and the trial was all over, you know, he got convicted of two counts of manslaughter. He got lots of years of prison for the manslaughter and for the drugs. And all that stuff went the way that it went. But my son kind of summed it up for me when I was trying to explain to them. They were only 10 at the time. And he said to me, no matter how far away he goes or for how long, it doesn't change the fact that they're gone. I remember that. I carried that with me because I know in his little mind, in his little heart, he was trying to cope with adversity. Do we teach our kids enough about adversity? I don't know. But when they go through it and they know if I keep my chin up, my chest out, and I power forward, I'm good. But those pillars, you go back to our program. Our program is, is based upon pillars but moreover for me my life is based on a foundation that's my faith so those pillars all sit firmly atop the faith that I bring and when I'm a part of the program I've never actually participated in the challenges the way that the other folks well, do let's pause let's pause let's yeah, pause because I, I want to get back into that but I think you said some very important things and first of all I want to say this man I, I thank you for being transparent right now um, I thank you for being vulnerable. I believe that we need more of that within our first responder world. That's true. I think there's a lot of guys have been through stuff. Um, I've talked to a lot of first responders that they don't feel like they could share their story. 
They, they don't know how they're going to be received. They don't know. man. And, and you know what I'm talking about. If you're listening right now, man, you're, you're the finest, you're the bravest, man. It's this type A personality. You can't show weakness. Man, you can't tell you. Well, you're going to admit that this, 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 this phased you? You can't show emotions. And that's a very big misconception that I believe, but it's real within the first responder world. So first of all, I want to thank you for being transparent and vulnerable because I believe in the book I read, it says you overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. There it is. And when you create a testimony in life, no matter what your story is right now, you might be listening right now and you're going through hell in life. Your story might not be Mr. Jason Edwards' story here sitting across from me. But it might be, a, you might be going through a divorce. You might be going through a financial struggle right now. It might be a demotion at the job. I don't know what your life's like, but you're listening right now and you're saying, man, I can relate to Jason because I am facing a situation of adversity in my life right now. And I want to encourage you right now. The first thing that I think is important is, man, it's okay to share with somebody. It's okay to talk about it. Man, there's a grieving process, man, when you, when you have a loss. You might, have, you, you might not have gone through a loss right now, but I know for Jason, he had to go through the process. But he said two big things that I want to sit here for a second, Jason, and have you elaborate on. You said it's all about, it's not a question of if you're going to go through it. We're all going to face times of challenges. It's not if, but when. It's, but it's not if, but when. But you said it's about how you view it. And if you're listening right now, I want to ask you this question. How are you viewing it? What are you seeing? Right now, if you're going through hell in your life, if you're dealing with a situation, adversity, how are you viewing it? What are you seeing? The perspective of the situation. I'll never forget, growing up, I heard it said, it's not about what happens to you in life, it's about how you respond. So I want you to talk about that for a second, Jason. Tangible action steps that you did at that time to say, no, 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 I know what, I know the emotions that are real right now. Man, there's fear, there's doubt, there's anger. I want to go choke this guy out. Man, there, there's, so, there's sadness, man. There's weeping. There's, there's all these emotions that can consume you. But you said, no, I'm going to choose to shift my mindset, to shift my view, my focus, my perspective of the situation. And Jason, there's people listening right now that are going through something right now. What did you do to shift how you were seeing the horrible, crazy situation, the adversity in your life at that time? I think the, the biggest thing that I did was I really attempted to make an honest effort to separate the emotion from the idea. I had to find out what my purpose was through this. Um, the roles that I had to fulfill in the, in the coming hours and days after the incident took place was really shaped by the purpose I gave each one of those roles. My, my first thing that I needed to manage and take care of was myself. I realized that, that I was not mentally well about what had happened. I was emotionally broken. My heart was broke because I, I, I told people, and, and people saw it at the service, you know, I lost my hero and my biggest fan all at one whap, and that was tough. And so recognizing the damage that was done was just as important as preparing a plan to deal with the damage. Um, I realized that, you know, I went a long way down, and I, and I went down on a purpose. I went, I went down to a point where I was on my knees and I look back up to where I should have been focusing on the majority of my adult life, which I didn't do. But I got my focus right. My focus was not only on taking care of me, but being able to take care of other people through me. But taking care of me first was my biggest thing and recognizing what the real issue was. There was no denial about being emotionally hurt. There was no denial about being spiritually shaken, having my, my faith tested to a point that I was concerned. But the biggest thing that I did was it opened my eyes to look through a different lens of how are other people going to see this? How can I help them deal with and cope with the loss as well as my own loss? Because wow. it, we all lost. Man, that is huge. And, and, and so, so you're listening right now and you're saying, man, I'm going through adversity. It, 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 what Jason said right there, I want, I want you to think about this for a second. You said the meaning, and here's, here's something that separate the emotion from the what? From the idea. So separate the emotion from the idea, from the actual event, from the situation that you're going through right now. You've got to get to a place. The first key to change anything in life, what I hear you saying, is to recognize awareness, to be real, to say, here's what it is. I'm not going to be in denial. I'm not going to try to just hide these emotions. I know it's real. I know I'm pissed off. I know I'm angry. I know something happened with my wife. I know I'm sad. I know I'm frustrated. I know the guilt, the shame, the, all those emotions are real and emotions are real. It's what you choose to do with them that matters. 
And the meaning of anything in life only has the meaning that you choose to give it. So I want you to talk yeah. about that for a second because obviously that wasn't always easy because you made that decision to say, man, I recognize, I'm aware that these are the emotions. But did you, did you end up where there were days that just absolutely sucked, where the emotions oh, yeah. just wanted to consume you? What did you do at those times where the emotions just were punching in the face, the sadness, the hurt, the anger? What do you do at that time? Well, I'll tell you what, what I did, and it was shared with me by a therapist that brought it to me. And, and I'll share it with you guys as, as first responders and those of y'all out there listening, facing adversity of any kind. You have so much emotional currency. I'm going to say that one more time so you, you, can, you can check that out on your own when you get time. Emotional currency. It's just like real money. You start out your day, you've only got so much money in your account, and you have to spend money of emotional currency to deal with things. Planning a funeral for both your parents. Man, that's, that's kind of tough. I can only do certain pieces of it at a time. Uh, taking care of real life property, I can only do so much at a time. Explaining to my children what happened, I can only do so much at a time. Identifying the people that were hurt that would have difficulty comprehending what had happened. I've only got so much adversity at a time to spread out. So what I did was I took it in small bites. Regardless of what your adversity is, if you take such a large word and you just say opportunity, break it down into what it is. I was hurt. So I knew if I was hurting... Those people around me were hurting. And one of the things that I was able to help myself cope with, with everything that I was going through at the time was, was being a, a buckler and a protector for those around me, for being more faithful. Uh, was I angry? Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you bet I was angry. I was hurt. I was uh, angry at this person for doing this. And there was a moment that somebody asked me if I was mad at God. I wasn't really mad at God. I was concerned that, that God had forsaken me. He had left me for a minute and left me to do this on my own because I had put too much on myself and too many thoughts in my own mind that I could do with things. And so in reflection, I think one of the biggest things that I learned to do to really address my adversity I was in at the moment was recognizing how big it was, breaking it down into its parts, and then letting go and letting God because I knew I wasn't capable of dealing with it. I wasn't man enough to just man up and deal with it the way people tell you to do. And so, yeah, I, I had those emotional conversations. I had those venting of anger. I had those seeking out of confidants and people that are mentors and, and wiser people than me to seek out help, asking for help, communicating not only the need but the desire for help because, you know, you can't isolate yourself and expect change. You know, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different outcomes is called insanity. Yeah. And so what I had to do was I had to surround myself with people that not only endeavored to be better people, but they were endeavoring to make me better. And so that's what really brought me full circle to come back over to, to join the team over at FFR was I knew that these people were seeking out people to make them better because everybody's on the same journey to get better together. You know, and, you know, I've got a few tattoos. I got some things that I do that, you know, some people judge, some people look at. But for me, it's an illustration of a story. It's a message I want to convey without having to say a word. If you're smart enough to see it and recognize it and read it and you come up and have the, the nerve to ask me, man, I'll bend your ear on it all day. You know that. You know I'll, I'll talk all day about anything. Stop. Yeah, <laughs> hurry up and listen. Yeah, here we go. Hey, hey, we, and real quick, we we would love for you. you. You heard Jason Edwards. We're talking. I'm here with the man, the myth, the legend, Jason Edwards right now, one of our finest police officers, law enforcement officers in our nation. And we talked earlier that we are still – we are still trying to discover what his new rapper name is going to be. So if you have any ideas, you hear his voice now, man, send him in, man. Send him in. His name is Jason Edwards. So, man, it, whatever, whatever. if you send it in and you're the winning rapper name that he says, man, I like that, I'm going to run with that, man, we'll send you out a copy of the Fit First Responder book. Send us your mailing Whoa. address. Come on, baby. Here we Cause, go. Because this is the man right here. I, I, I don't know if you guys are understanding the wisdom that is being spit today, that is being delivered today. Jason, you are saying so many amazing, powerful things and nuggets that I feel a lot of, a lot of you, the listeners right now are going to have to go back and hit, rewind. And what did he say again? Every setback is an opportunity for a comeback. Man, you said so many things like let, let go and let God. You talked about purpose, emotional currency like real money and how you could turn that into opportunity. Talking about managing yourself. Before the situation, talking about separating emotions from situation. So you talk a little about foundation and faith and the perspective and what you're seeing. And man, you are just bringing it, man. And I'm so honored to have you on the show today. But I want to pause for a second because uh, you talked about the foundation. 
And I think that's important. I want you to elaborate on that for a second because what if you're not prepared? What if you don't have a foundation? What if your foundation is on not solid ground? You don't know who you are. You don't know what you stand for. You don't know what you're about. And we see this all the time in a first responder world, my man, because first responders so many times find their identity in what they do. And when the job punches them in the face, when the administration, the, 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 the mayor, the, the chief or, you know, superior lets them down or they don't get the promotion they respect them for or they retire and, or something happens and the gun's taken away, all of a sudden we see first responders get depressed, down and out, oppressed, and all of a sudden they don't know what their significance or purpose is in life. So I'm big. And I know you're big, and at our program, we are really big on training your mindset, training your emotions, and discovering who you are, not as a law enforcement officer, not as a firefighter, not as a first responder, but as a human being first. And when you're the best version of you, then you can be the best version of you on the job. So I want you to talk really quick, because you said some, you know, a few minutes back, you said, man, uh, yeah, I saw the situation differently, how I viewed it during the downtime of adversity, but then we, we skipped over real quick when you said, but also, it was a foundation I had. What did you mean by that? What was the foundation you had set up that kept you strong at a time of adversity in the story that you told earlier? Well, I tell you, reflectively, I can rewind everything that I've faced in life, any adversity, any success, any failure, and I can look at it with the same vision, my faith. The baseline and boundary and foundation of what I do is based upon a faith that I have. And, you know, for those of you that that are listening that are Christians, I'm of the same faith as you. And whatever faith you choose, man, I'm proud. Good on you. I'm glad you're doing something. But in my faith, I know my God's going to take care of me. He's going to trust me with a little, and I'm going to do well, and he's going to trust me with more. He's not going to teach me to have this kind of scarcity mindset where I'm not going to have enough, that I'm going to run out, that I'm not going to be successful. He's going to give me abundantly. You know, I I tell Jay all the time and people at the gym, they want to know where the energy comes from. They want to know where the sound comes from, where the wisdom comes from, where the effort comes from. I'll tell you where it comes from. I have a cup. Every one of you is a cup. But my cup, I pour it out all day to anybody that needs it, whether it's somebody on the job, somebody in the family, somebody in the, in the friend circle. I pour that cup out all day because I know that when I lay my head down at night and God blesses me with rest, my cup is refilled. The next day comes, I'll have more in my cup that I can give out. And it's always been that way. My cup has never ran dry, even, 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 even in great times of adversity. I've always had more to give. And I think that's how I got through adversity is having enough faith to know that God had me. Because I'm his, and he's going to take care of what is his. His word is true. He's always going to be the same as he was yesterday, today, and forever, and I know that. So I don't have any wavering or doubt that what I need is not going to get given to me. But don't be misled. You are going to face hardships. You are going to have things that you love and you care about and are important to you taken away or damaged or lost, just like your reputation, just like your career, just like your family, just like people that's gone through things relationally, whether it's a divorce, a loss of a loved one. All those things are going to happen because that is life. But what you have to do is when you get knocked down, you get knocked down. They say you hit rock bottom. What's your rock? Pick your rock. My rock My rock is my Lord Jesus Christ. That's my rock. That's as low as I can go because when I get there, he lifts me up. He takes me to places I need to be. I joke around with the guys a lot. I'm going to, I'm going to share something with you guys because I know there's a lot of you folks out there that are dealing with the same things. You know, you talk about I'm a big believer in mountain movers. Yeah, you heard me right. I didn't say mountain climbers. I said mountain movers. Come on. I told my son when he was old enough to understand when I was explaining things to him, I can move a mountain. You know, a child's mind, he's in disbelief. How are you going to do that? And so I handed him a spoon. I said, I can move that mountain even if it's one spoonful at a time. If I want that mountain moved, I can move that mountain. And I believe that. I believe that any adversity you face, any mountain that you're facing, even any molehill you're facing, it might be huge right now, but when you look in the rear view mirror as you grow past it, it's not going to look as big. It's not going to look as significant because you've grown. So I can tell you that my foundation is my faith and that the restoration that comes from God, when you, when you give out what you give and you serve others, that's where you get re- replenished, whether it's emotional replenishment, physical replenishment, spiritual replenishment. It doesn't come through you. You're not that lucky. You're blessed because God gives it to you. Man, what a winning word. I want to pause there for a second. And I want to say this, if you're listening right now, I want you to hear me because I'm going to stay right there. We talked about passion and Jason said something, you know, he walks in the gym and I get this all the time. I mean, I get emails from people listening to the podcast, Jason, that say, man, how how do you have so much passion on radio? I mean, on a podcast, 
but you know me. Yeah. I mean, every single day, and, and I think you're very similar, and, and I want to pause here because I think it's important because I think a lot of first responders listening right now might be going through something because they're fighting the wrong fight. And here's what I mean by that. I believe it's easy to have passion when you have purpose. That's true. Think about that for a second. It's easy to have passion when you have purpose. When you have purpose about something, it's easy to be passionate about it. I see people that are not passionate in life. I say, well, they have no significance. They have no purpose. Why aren't they passionate to be a, a police officer? Maybe because they're burnt out. Maybe because something happened. We got to just figure out where the purpose. And we talk about that in my book. We talk about that at FFRonline.tv. Is we always ask the question, what's your why in life? Why do you do what you do? What's your driver? What's your juice? We've talked about, I think it's chapter two in my book. But I want to say this really quick. And it's a powerful quote that I use all the time. It says this, Jason, until you find that thing you are willing to die for, you can never truly live. That's real and tough. some people might talk about faith. Some people might talk about their family. But me and you have that thing in common that we have a foundation built on something solid. And it's our faith. And we're not secretive about it. You know, we don't throw religion down anybody's throat, but I think we know what we're willing to die for, and that's why we can truly live. That's where that passion comes from, that fire, that drive that people sometimes say, Jason, is it a show? I mean, are you, I mean do you, are, are, is everything okay in life with you? I mean, you don't face the things I No, we all face those things, but they don't phase us as much because we know what we are willing to die for so we are truly living. And if you're listening right now, until you find that why, that we're talking about, that reason you do what you do, that drive, that purpose, that juice, that fire, you will continue to fight losing battles in life. And maybe right now you're listening and you're on the brink right now in your marriage. Maybe financially you're in danger of losing some stuff or going bankrupt or maybe it's your health and you're at an all-time low. Maybe it's your career. You're coming to the end. and Well, now is your time to determine what are you fighting for? And so many times I think we face adversity and obstacles and situations that we create. You didn't create that, Jason. A lot of times life throws stuff at us and curveballs. But a lot of times I think we fight battles that aren't even important. So if you're listening today, I want to ask you, I want to I just take it to another direction and say, what are you fighting for? Are you winning the battles in your life? What's important to you? We all have our own fight in life, and, and some of us have larger fights than others, but is your fight worth it? Is your fight worth it? Is what you're fighting for every single day, your purpose, your driver, or are you fighting battles that, that don't matter, or are you fighting battles that mean the most in life? Man, one of the battles I fight every single day is to be the best dad, to be the best father, yes, to be the best husband, to be the best servant to our finest and our bravest. But if you're listening right now, you might be going through hell, adversity, and obstacle in your life because you've been fighting the wrong battles. It's time for you to pick your battles. So many of us, Jason, I've been there where we spend time fighting the wrong fight, engaged in the wrong battles, and, and we wonder why life is so hard and obstacles and adversity keep punching us in the face. But I think it comes down to what battles are we fighting? And I think we fight a battle so much to be significant, to be purposeful in life. What are people going to think of me? Because we don't really know who we are, what we stand for, and what we're about, what our true identity and significance is in life. So that faith pillar you mentioned to me, man, that's everything, boss. Anything you want to elaborate on that? Well, you, uh, you asked if somebody uh, considered it a show. Well, I'm going to tell you this. In my life, if you think what I'm doing is a show, man, it's sold out. Everybody's watching. Everybody's going to see what, what's happening because I'm going to tell you this, and I tell my children this. Everybody hears what you say, but they watch what you do. So when you face adversity the same way and you knock it out of the park every time, man, that's a pattern. And I'll, and I'll tell you this, for you, all you out there struggling or trying to figure out what battles to, to fight, success is contagious. Surround yourself with successful people. Don't worry about somebody trying to give you bad advice. Don't worry about you trying to not succeed. If you fail, man, that's an education. You're getting wisdom from failure. Keep trying. Keep working at it. Like, like JC alluded to, man, there's people going through things that we have no idea about. We encounter people daily that we don't know what's going on in their personal life, but they put their best face forward. They try to go out there and show and prove that they're capable. And don't get me wrong. Everybody's good at it for a while. But eventually, character, which is what you do when nobody's watching, comes out. Make sure that your character's solid. 
don't surround yourself with people that are that are bad people because I don't know where it says in the word, but I do believe this that bad company corrupts good character. Don't don't be around people that are gonna not tell you the truth. That your friend is gonna come up and say, Hey man, you should have done better. Because I hear all the time and JC challenges us at the gym, are you doing your best? Are you being the best version of you? Are you giving all your effort? And see, I can humbly tell you a lot of times, no, I don't. I give a marked percentage of what I'm capable of doing at the moment, so I feel like I got enough in reserve to make it through the rest of the day. Because, man, sometimes I just don't feel like I got it. I don't got the juice that day. But there's other days. There's other days. I tell you, I I leave exhausted because I know as soon as I get to lay down, I'm going to be restored. But I still have my doubts. I still have my moments. I still have those times of reflection where I was like, man, do I have enough? Do I have what it takes? Mm. But success is not a one-time thing. That's a decision. Come on. That's a choice. If you want to be successful, consistently make good choices. Now, don't get me wrong. We're all going to have mistakes. We're all going to have setbacks. We're all going to have things come up. But when you look at programs and you look at the way the world works, we're being challenged, people. Law enforcement, we're not being respected the way that we should. Our firemen, our IMSA crews are coming under attack by bad guys. Our families are being broken because we're not able to communicate when we get home because our hearts are hurting. Mm. Some people are kind of empty and they're not really seeking out things. If you want to seek answers, just like picking your battles, identify some questions. There's nothing wrong with asking some bold-faced questions to people. Challenge them. I know you guys know how to get a hold of JC, man. Send him a message. Say, hey, you know, I'm dealing with this issue. Be anonymous. Allow it to be a topic of conversation because when conversations happen, feelings come out. And sometimes feelings get hurt because people don't want to acknowledge the fact that they've been blind about an issue they've been creating for themselves for years, if not an entire lifetime. I know a lot of the people I work with, they deal with drug and alcohol abuse, depression, uh, pharmaceutical pill abuse. They have all these issues going on, but nobody really wants to reach out a hand and say, hey, you know, I understand. Be compassionate. You know, like I, I teach my kids, I tell them all the time, I repeat the golden rule probably more than any other rule. You know, do unto others what you've done to you. Because sometimes the only person you need to help first is you. And that, that, going back to adversity, you're the only one that knows what your adversity level is. What are you capable of? How far can you go? How deep, 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 deep can you dig? Come on. And I believe that there's people that got to be challenged to a point in life, not only in their career or in their marriage or in their being a parent, they got to get to a depth where they realize, man, I, I've gone further than I thought I could go. And that's what I love about the opportunity I have of being an FFR is I get to share that journey with people, not knowing what they're going through, but just sharing the time I get with them to see where they're going. It's been great. It's been fantastic. Wow, man. Amazing stuff, Jason. Obviously, we could stay here all day and talk on so many different topics. But I do want to I, I uh, hit on this for a second because you said surround yourself with successful people. And all the great stuff that you said today, I think FFRonline.tv and at headquarters in Tulsa, Oklahoma, man, I think that has been the absolute game changer. And I look at a guy like you, man, and, and, and you went through some stuff in life, and I think you were looking to say, man, what happens when your story gets turned upside down? The stuff that you thought was going to happen in life, man, the, the grandparents, the kids, and all of a sudden, there I am, single dad, smacked up, man, upside down, knocked down. And I think one of the most important things that you did, man, is putting yourself in the right environment. And I've seen you grow. Forget, man, the people that you've been able to help and speak in the lives of at FFR is amazing. But I've seen you grow. And why did you do that? You said earlier about putting yourself at FFR and you, you saw a community and, and some people in the first responder world, man, that's scary for them. That's hard for them. Man, you want me talking about my feelings? You want me to come together and, and be a little vulnerable? But man, I watched you grow as an amazing leader and as, as great as a leader as you were walking in, man, I've watched you just elevate that, accelerate that, being within the FFR community. What made you make the decision to become part of a community where iron can really, genuinely, and not just talk about it, but sharpen iron. I think the biggest thing that that made me want to be a part of this specific community is because they wanted me. They welcomed me with open arms. They took me as I was, flaws and all, and they said, you know what, it's all right. Wow. We're going to polish this up. We're going to shape this up. We're going to teach you how to rebuild this part of your life. And that's not even talking about in the gym. That's just talking about in life. And then I got back in the gym. I... Self-esteem gets damaged as you get older. 
The body don't work the same. You're not as flexible or as fast or as strong. I'm definitely not as handsome as I used to be, but I wasn't blessed <laughs> with good looks like you. But, you know, I do all right for, hey, for what you I got. Hey, got. you got the most beautiful face for radio I've, I, radio I've ever seen. Oh, and it's real. <laughs> if you guys could see me right now, you'd be in awe of the fact that this microphone is protecting you right now. It's beautiful things. But I tell you, being accepted by a community, and the, 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 the best thing about it, and, and I'll tell you this, that if you only know people in your agency, if you only know people in your career path, you're doing yourself a disservice. Man, I've got friends on what we call both sides of the line. I've got firemen friends, all levels and ranks of firefighters all the way up to the, the top echelon of chiefs. I've got friends over in what we have for EMS is called IMSA, all the way from the EMT that, that's your most basic all the way up to their administration that I can call friend, that I work out with, that I sweat with, I see how they work. And I will tell you this, friends, when you get out there and you see somebody work in the gym, you see how hard they work on themselves, that is a reflection of how hard they work in their agency. A real leader doesn't point and say, hey, let's go. They grab that rope and they pull with you. They carry their own weight plus someone else's. And I tell you, if, if you don't intermix these agencies and you don't start looking around, you know, I look at my National Guard people, man, I, I praise them every chance I get because at a moment's notice, they could be taken and sent to whatever part of the world to go. My job is here in my community. I keep the wolves off the doorstep here in my town, but I know they go worldwide. They're going to do what's asked of them, and they're going to do it bravely and courageously and professionally, no matter where it's at. But that's what I would say really brought me into FFR was the fact of the mixing of all these subcultures into a culture of success. Everybody wins when we're pulling the same way. Man, that's awesome. What a, what a winning word, man. I think you said something right there. You opened up with saying, hey, uh, uh, it, they accepted me for where I was at. And I think a lot of times we don't walk into a situation, a community, an environment. Some of us, it's hard for us to even walk into our house because people aren't accepted. Mm -hmm. People are, I mean, FFR is a place of unconditional love and acceptance. It does not matter what you're going through right now. As if you're an active first responder, we're here to serve you. Like Jason said, you could be anonymous. You can email us. You can call in. Man, we have di the dietitians on board, the licensed counselors, therapists on board, physical therapists, the strength and conditioning coaches. Myself will be there as a performance coach to make sure that you are mentally and physically strong. If you're going through hell right now, man, suicide's at an all-time high within the law enforcement world. Divorce rate's at an all-time high. Man, separate yourself and get out there and get the help that you need and put yourself in an environment that you can win in. Sometimes you're not the problem. It's just the environment you're in. And sometimes you don't feel strong. Man, that's why I love church. Sometimes I don't feel strong and I can walk in church and walk out here feeling like I could conquer the world and move a mountain like you were talking about earlier. People always say, why do you go to church? I'm not religious. I said, man, I, I go to, it just makes me feel better. It just makes me feel better. <laughs> the fellowship, to be around people. So, uh, again, this is Jason Edwards, man, the, the man, the myth, the legend, a law enforcement officer in our great USA, out here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And, and remember, he is a freestyler, so if you have a rapper name for him, please send it in. But we are, uh, obviously, we could stay here all day and talk, Jason. I want to respect your time. Um, so we're going to wrap this show up. I'm going to put you in the hot seat, my man. This is Fit for Duty, Fit for Life, and you are in the hot seat. And the hot seat basically says you have 30 seconds to answer the next, next questions on what you do to be fit for duty and fit for life. Are you ready? You got to warn them that I'm coming. Are you ready? Uh-oh, he's coming for you. He's coming for you. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do this. All right, here we go. Fit for duty, fit for life. Jason Edwards, here we go. You're in a hot seat, my man. What does Jason Edwards do to physically be fit for duty and fit for life? What I've done is I have dedicated no less than three days a week, an hour at a time. I go Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 7 p.m. On the days I have my kiddos, I bring them with me. I work out. I put on my grind. In between that, I'm, I'm coaching and participating in soccer practice on Tuesday, Thursdays, games on Saturdays. You make it a priority, I hear. Priority. It's a mandate, just like church on Sunday. It's no expectation. Of, hey, are we going to go? No, we're going, and you even know what time we're going. Even with the business of life, you schedule it, and you're there. You show up. You make it happen. You invest. You're going to invest when you get paid. You get paid, what, every two weeks? You get paid every two weeks. You invest every two weeks. I get paid every weekend on Sunday. All day. Jason Edwards, you're in the hot seat <coughs> mentally, emotionally, spiritually. You could separate him. You could tie him in. What do you do to be fit for duty and fit for life in your mental, emotional, and spiritual life? What I do is I do a daily reflection about what I did yesterday. If I laid my head down at night and I realized, man, I could have done this better, or I could have said this differently, or I could have felt differently about something, I take it to heart. And I try to meditate on it and say, okay, what am I going to do the next opportunity that comes? Whether the opportunity is 
something that's adversarial, where there's something that's humbling, where there's something that's just funny, where there's something that's enjoyable, you take it all the same. You treat it all the same. You treat it all as if it's the same friend and the same enemy at once. Because at the end of the day, if you're not trying to make yourself better holistically and you're only working in one area, man, you're going to be like a flat tire. you got to be well-rounded. Man, all day. And last but not least, my man, great word right there. A lot of wisdom. We hit physically. We hit mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Last but not least, I'm looking at you right now. You got a tattoo on your form that says, Iron sharpens iron. What does Mr. Edwards, one of our finest, do to be fit for duty and fit for life in your relationships, in your family, in your friends, community? What do you do, my man? What do I do is if anybody needs anything of me and I've got it, I give it. There's no reason to hold nothing back because whatever you give is going to be multiplied. Believe that. I'm, I'm just telling you, if you will take the time to invest, whether it's five minutes, five dollars, whatever it is that you choose to do to invest in somebody else's life, whether it's friends, family, stranger, it will be multiplied because God takes what you give and he multiplies it. And you're going to be known by your fruits. Man, all I can say is I invest, whether that investment is going to be something that's tangible and people can see or something that I've been prayerful about, I'm investing, constantly investing. Now, I don't have a lot of money to give because, you know, I work in law enforcement, but what I do give is heartfelt and it's genuine and it's dedicated to the things that I want to be investing in. Man, what a word, man. Hey, once again, we want to thank you for tuning in today. Man, we're going to wrap this show up. We are talking to law enforcement officer, Mr. Jason Edwards. Today, we talked about adversity and how you overcome adversity and how you got to fight your fight and discover your purpose so that you can live with passion. Jason Edwards, as we close today, 30 seconds. Any closing thoughts for your brothers and sisters of law enforcement and other first responders out there on the streets today tuning in? Well, first, I'd like to humbly say thank you for tuning in and checking out the information that's provided. Secondly, I'd like to challenge you. If you're going through any type of adversity or struggle or something that's going on, just in your mind, this is a reoccurring thought. Get connected. Find your community to get involved with. Fit First Responders is about us because we are Fit First Responders. It's not just a program. It's us. It's a community. So if you feel like you're separated or apart, do something about it. For those that are having really big adversities, and when I say really big, it's those dark corners nobody talks about. If you know anybody that's talked about or contemplating suicide, talk to them. Find them help. Find them resources. Reach out to them. Don't allow it to fall on a deaf ear because we've been impacted here at my small agency multiple times, and it's a difficult topic to talk about. But, man, it's just as easy to talk about as what we're having for lunch tomorrow because I, I expect you to be there with us at the table. Come on. This is Jason Edwards, law enforcement, one of our finest. And we want to thank you once again for tuning in today. That wraps up our, up our show, Fit for Duty, Fit for Life. This is Coach JC, and I do want to remind you that we have everything you need to ultimately be fit for duty and fit for life www.ffronline.tv we're here in Tulsa, Oklahoma but we are serving our beautiful country, the greatest USA and also we have people tuning in now from all different countries and logged on every single day to be their best on and off the job also you can connect with us on social media Fit First Responders remember send your questions in and we'd be more than happy to answer those on the show as we wrap this show up you know what time it is it is time to honor those that deserve to be honored and time to recognize those that deserve to be recognized so if you are listening today and you are law enforcement our police officers out there then we want to tell you thank you from the bottom of our heart for what you do our firefighters our medics our national guards we recognize you we honor you and we thank you this is coach jc and you did listen to the fit first responders podcast and i want to remind you one more time that you are fit for duty and you are fit for life Thank you for joining us today. And thank you for doing your part to be fit for duty and fit for life.